Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Um, We probably all know somebody who has struggled with an undiagnosed disease for years, right? It happens. Well, this week we're going to share a story from someone who walked in those shoes, and I think you're going to love it. Then I share an observation from a church service that may change the way you look at running. All that and more with Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis across the desk. Thanks for having me, Dean. So uh, I had to go with Lane last week. You know, I hadn't even I hadn't heard the podcast, and we really haven't talked about it much. But one thing I know is Lane is never at a loss for words. That is true. So, and he did a good job, of course, he? as usual. He always has at least one or two things that he says that I just kind of latch onto. Yeah. And he did last week. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Good. So it was good. All right, our sponsor for this week is SecureMac. SecureMac.com are the makers of the popular security software MacScan 3. This software protects your computer from the threats targeting Macs, which are malware, keystroke loggers, and stalkerware. People nowadays are storing more and more of their information on their Macs, which provides an ever-growing target for hackers. Secure Mac has been educating users about security and privacy for over 20 years now. They even have a podcast to inform users on how to protect themselves online, and they explain it in a way that everyone can understand. Try FreeScan today, and when you're ready to purchase, use the code RUNNER for a special discount. Protect your Mac before the hackers steal your security and go to securemac.com today. All right. So let's talk about this week's Facebook post or social post. This one comes from Jan Klimp. She's kind of a household name around here as well. But she says, I haven't been running other than my daily morning mile with my dog since the half marathon I completed on May 21st. I had been pushing myself hard in running and in other areas of my life. Today, I felt God telling me to get outside and connect with Him, so I went out with no distance goal or pace goal, did some running and did some walking, and enjoyed the world around me. I ran through a nature center and to the downtown area where I bought an iced coffee while I enjoyed while sitting by a fountain and then ran through a park and back home for a total of eight miles. I think it was my favorite run of the year because it was so casual. Happy Global Running Day. What I love about this is sometimes you got to have those runs. Yeah. Where there's no agenda, there's no time, there's no watch. You run some, you walk some, and you just really get to experience everything around you. I think so many times we get hung up on a time, Mm -hmm. a pace, Mm -hmm. all the things that really distract us. I know it's weird that we're running outside in, in God's creation, but so many times we're distracted by the podcast, the phone, all the stuff around us that we don't really stop and, and pay attention. And I, I love this post for that reason that it's, you know, it's just a reminder that we need to do this from, for every now and then. Absolutely. You know, it strikes me that my generation, my, my generation is the no pain, no gain generation. Yeah. Like if it doesn't hurt, 
right. and it's not doing you any good. And that sure. is so not true, right? right? It is so not true. You've been walking. Walking doesn't hurt as bad as running. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, just, can. It, can, it can. It can. If you really push yourself, you can. But we know that just a casual walk, sure. just going out there and just getting the heart rate up a little bit, is really good for us. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt. Right. And so it doesn't have to hurt to do you some good. Yeah. And I think that's something we all need to pay attention to because I, I, I find myself doing it all the time. Yeah. And that's why probably at least once a week or so, uh, I turn my watch off and I just don't record anything. Well, and I've said through the years, it, it's been a slow progression but you know, several years back, I, you you remember you and I were running or walking, and I, I was struggling with, you know, the the idea of that. This is when I had to go to walking because of my knee, and I was really struggling with the idea. And it's it's like God has brought me through the years that I, I'm not as hung up on times and paces as I once was, and I don't know. It's 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 a different focus, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and it's uh, okay so to do Jan- a little of both. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Sure. And um, so, Jan, that's a great reminder for all of us. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about our trivia question from last week. Uh, the question was, there is a marathon that starts at 6,400 feet of altitude and goes over 14,000 before turning around and coming back down. What is the name of the race and where is it? Did you know the answer to this one? Well, I just now seen it because I wasn't on here last week. I think I would have known this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I've I've driven up this before. It's to me this is more scary to drive up than to run up. Probably, it, it probably. Is. Yeah, it's yeah. scary to drive up. Pikes Peak Marathon in Manitow Springs, uh, Colorado, which is just outside Colorado Springs. It's essentially Colorado Springs. Um, the people in Manitou Springs probably don't appreciate me saying that. Right. That's like saying that Cahuta's <laughs> yeah. just part of Dalton. Just part of Dalton. It's not really. Right. So, uh, yeah, I guess I should apologize <laughs> for that right off the bat. But they also have a half marathon. It's called The Ascent. And that one is actually a little bit more, it looks like, competitive. Like people come from all over the country, mm-hmm. all over the country, all over the world to run The Ascent. See how fast they can run this 13.3 miles that's all uphill. Um, it's 7,800 feet of climbing. And think about that in a marathon. You climb 7,800 feet in a half a marathon, turn around, and then come back down that same steep ascent. You're hitting the hamstrings and the quads. You're, you're completely trashing your life. Yes, I tell you why I mentioned that it's, it's scary to drive up. It. The reason it's scary to drive up is, you know, most mountains you go up, especially kind of where we live, you've got trees and all this stuff. But going up Pikes Peak, it's very steep, number one, and then – they have switchbacks number two, but there are no trees in those switchbacks. It's up past so, the tree line, right? So when you when you're driving and you start to make that switchback for a second, you don't see the ground. You feel like you're just driving into the sky, and it's it, it's unnerving. Yeah, it's very unnerving. And then on top of that, you're you know the altitude's kicking in, so you're getting a little queasy from that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was Holly and I got all the way to the top. And we didn't even really hang around much because we we just weren't feeling good, and so we just came straight back down. So it's a it's just it's a beautiful place though. Yeah, you know the view up there is incredible. But yeah, it's a well Debbie and I never ran never rode to Pikes Peak, but we did go through Rocky Mountain National Park, which mm-hmm. is about the same height. Sure. And there's a spot at Rocky Mountain National Park where you go. It's about probably about a 300 meter long portion of road where it is basically on the spine of right. a peak where both sides just drops off. Yeah. 
and you, you don't that, see that, anything. That same thing. It's like you don't think about driving on a road when when the road's flat. You right. don't think, or about, when there's trees, or trees. Yeah. yeah, you don't think about that. But then when you when you see it just drops off on both sides, it's really scary. Yeah, you're like it's almost like you're driving on a tightrope. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you grip that steering wheel so tight, yeah, right? Your palms are sweating, and <laughs> you know it's good stuff. But running up it when you run this particular race, it's an average grade of eleven percent. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what eleven percent is, just just let me just put it this way: your average road that you run on, that where you get to a, a hill, and you go, "This is a pretty steep hill." It's probably five six percent. Well, I think the maximum, like for a county road, is about seven percent. I think. Um, oh, there you, you go. You get over that, and you got to have all the signs and warnings and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, think of your steepest hill in your community. It's probably not over seven. Yep. And so it's a, and this is this is nearly double that. Right, it's a t- one and a half times that. That's yeah. crazy. I yeah. think of the at the top of Mount Sinai where it kicks up right there at the end. That's probably, That's probably close 11%. to eleven percent. Yeah. yeah, you're probably which right. is which is about the max you can drive on. Yeah, I was going to say that's a little unnerving to drive up that. Yeah, right there when you get to that. So that's the same thing you're talking about. You go, you go up there, and before it flattens out, you're like, I can't you're see like going yeah. to the sky. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I saw a video of this race actually taking place. Most of the people were walking, mm-hmm. um, as you can imagine, going up there, the switchbacks going mm-hmm. up the up the mountain. We've got a lady here in town that's run it several times. Yeah. Melinda, you know, yeah. Gay's friend. That's right. Uh, she's she's ran it several she's times. She's crazy. She's run a lot of crazy races. She has. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to qualify for the Pikes Peak Marathon. You can't just decide. Oh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to run the Pikes Peak Marathon. You have to have run a marathon, or there's several different qual- ways you th- that you can qualify to run the pikes peak marathon but you can't just go up there and say i'm just going to run i didn't know that yeah and so (laughs) it's because it's so difficult Mm -hmm. uh, people need to know what they're getting into so one of the ways you if you have run a marathon in under six hours which is not for some people that's difficult but for most people most people can run a marathon that have run a marathon can run a marathon under six hours but they want to make sure you're pretty fit well and the the other thing about pikes peak is i think when we were out there it's when lane was at the olympic training center we went out with them and it was like 65 degrees in colorado springs and it was like 31 yeah at the top and it's um yeah i mean fourteen thousand feet you feel like you're at 6400 feet you feel like you're breathing through a straw Mm -hmm. at fourteen thousand feet it's like somebody bent the straw in half and you're trying to breathe through it so it's um the breathing is i'm sure is very difficult doing that race i just can't imagine uh i i have no desire yeah to run this race (laughs) yeah i would like that would be that would be a good one to walk yeah you know just enjoy it yes you're right uh last year the winning time was three hours and 40 minutes that's insane that's as fast as anybody could run it so that that tells you how tough it is um, I mean, for a lot of people, I know three hours and 40 minutes sounds like it's fast. But think about this. Now, first of all, the quality of people that run this race, much higher than, mm-hmm. than let's say, the Big Beach Marathon that sure. we ran this past January. And the winning time for the Big because Beach. Because of the qualifying. Right. The Big Beach Marathon winning time was, what was it, 240-something? Yeah. Um, so it's almost an hour yeah. faster than this. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the that person that ran the 240 – Big Beach is probably running four hours here, so uh, it's it's crazy how difficult it is. So if the the average ascent, so this is a race where you go up and down, right? Well, the ascent is just the up. Oh, okay. Okay. So for the just up portion, so nine thirty two for the ascent, and that's that's somebody that came from they they're not even a United States citizen. They they came from 
outside the country to come here to run this race, and the fastest they could run is nine and a half minutes a mile. Is that crazy? Yeah, that's, that's you know that. Have you super? Did you say you've been to Pikes Peak or you have? I have not. Okay, have not. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty it impressive. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I can't imagine. Like I said, it, it hurts my lungs just to think about it. <laughs> yeah, that is where you know I I had always known and. I mean, altitude is a real thing, and I'd always known it. But when we got there, Lane was doing a camp at the Olympic Training Center for triathlon. Well, the day before, he had a track workout. And we went to the local track I remember and, uh, that. in Colorado Springs, and he was doing like 400s. And let's say, I don't know, let's say he was doing them in 110 or whatever. I don't remember what it was. He was pretty young. And uh, so we got on the track, and he did the first rep, and – he he missed his time and i was like scratching my i mean because that's you know lane just don't miss paces he's pretty he's like a metronome yeah and he come through he said i don't know what's wrong he said i just i don't think i can hit these paces and he said i feel like i'm breathing through a straw that's the comment he made yeah and as soon as he said it i was like oh we're at seven thousand feet yeah you you're probably not gonna be able to hit these paces yeah. <laughs> but it was it was you know it was you wonder how much of it's mental. People going to altitude, they think, well, this was kind of like a placebo effect. He didn't have any clue. Yeah. But it was very real, that very first rep he did. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And you know what's really interesting about that is that for you people, particularly folks that live in really high humidity areas, mm-hmm. you need to understand that it's the same thing when you get to humidity. It's not quite as severe an effect as altitude is, but it's a, it, it is an effect that's very similar to that. They so, call it poor man's altitude. Yes. Yeah. So when, when you struggle, when it, when it starts getting hot and humid outside and you're really struggling to run just as fast, remember – that you're basically at altitude. You're altitude training. It's normal. Where it is a badge of honor. Yes. Well, and and and, and don't worry about going. Oh, I've got to force myself down to the right. pace I was running when it was cool outside because you may not. Well, be able and to there's get conversion that. tables. You can Google them, but there's out. I mean, humidity, heat, and humidity conversion tables for for running. So if you ever want to look those up, I know you've pulled them up before. Absolutely. Um, they're conversion tables to tell you if if you normally run say an eight minute pace and it's 90 degrees and 50 percent humidity it may be 9 30 pace or whatever so look those up you can find them online yeah the the uh vo2 calculator from mcmillan has has that in there okay for both both altitude and for humidity temperature and humidity yep all right well it's almost july 4th it is we love july 4th it is we are patriots around here we are we even have a team usa t-shirt and those are out. We got the ladies uh, tank top. We got the ladies shirt, the men's shirt, and the kids shirt. Uh, we got several different colors. They are online. I believe they'll still be online when this comes out. Um, but, yeah, they're only for a limited time, a few weeks every June that we put those out. We print them and ship them out, and you'll have them in time for the 4th of July. Yeah. They're you, they're pretty cool shirts. You may just have minutes left as this podcast comes out to order. Yeah, yours. they actually say USA on the back of them. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, yeah. I love mine. Yeah, Where I wonder off? if Val and Tom will order one of those. They should. I mean, because they're kind of secondary citizens of, of the United States. Now. They're, They've they're been here honorary so much. citizens, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're listening to the Run for God Run Club podcast. Are you a member of the Run for God Run Club? If you're not, you should be. 
You not only get access to the video version of this podcast, but so much more. We have hundreds of videos from how-tos to inspirational stories, and you get discounts in the Run for God store, too. And there's so much more from training plans to all sorts of things. Maybe most importantly, you get access to the best online community that you will find anywhere. So not only should you subscribe to this podcast, rate it, and share it with your friends, but you should go to runforgod.com and join Run For God Run Club today. back and we have had an influx of stories so thank you for those of you who have answered our call to send in stories thank you but don't ease up yeah, let's not get complacent yeah we, we don't want to get complacent but thank you sure. for those who have ponied up and as a matter of fact next week we are going to have a guest on here mm. he is an airline pilot and so he has a very interesting story, and I think you're going to like it. So if you like this podcast, it may be even better next week because yeah. somebody's going to share their story live. Well, it always gets better when I'm not here. Well, right? I don't. I, mean, I wouldn't say that. That's what you said one time. I think I heard you say that. I, no, I will say this. <laughs> I have had we, – we asked for – we solicited comments. Sure. One of the things that we got back from that was that a lot of people said they especially like it when we have guests on here, but – they don't want us to have guests on here any more often than we have them because they like the regular podcasts as mm. well. So they feel like we hit that mix of guests versus non-guests just yeah. about right. And keep those comments coming. Yeah, we, absolutely. We listen to those. We're, we're sure. putting an especially close focus on the podcast right now. And so we're, we're trying to do things better. We're trying to uh, do things more efficient. And we, we really value your input, good or bad. We, we take the good with the bad. Absolutely. Well, undiagnosed injuries. We've got one right now, right? Landon's having a problem. And and trying to deal with undiagnosed injuries is so tough. And I know for me, I, I can't stop running every time something just doesn't feel right. And part of that is my age. You know, it, years ago. <laughs> something I, I, always feels a little it off. Really it really does. It really does. But so sometimes it's hard to tell whether something is a big deal or not. Mm -hmm. So and I know you like to use this rule of thumb is if you can put your finger on it. Yeah. If the pain is something that you can put your finger on, that could be a real problem that you might need need to go see a doctor and you might need to back off. If it's a generalized pain, which is most of my pains are more generalized. um, I just keep running through those things. Yeah. And even if it's something you can put your finger on, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to go to the doctor right away. Take three or four days off. You're, you're not going to lose fitness in three or four days and then come back and see if it's still there. And if it's still there and you can still put your finger on it, then it may be time to get it checked out. But you don't have to run to the doctor immediately if you can put your finger on it. It may just be a tweak, a pull. And a lot of times those things will work them day, work themselves out in a few days. And while you're doing that, get out your roller, your phone roller mm-hmm. or your massage gun or right. something and try to loosen that area sure. up because oftentimes that will that does wonders. Right. And I'll tell you, sometimes you don't even know. Here, I'll, I'll, this is really weird. And if you're watching the video, you can see this. If you're not watching the video, I'll describe it. But I have a problem in my left glute. I mean, I, it gets so hard. Sometimes it hurts to sit down, mm-hmm. right? Because it hurts so bad. And I, I can fix it. And do you know how I can fix it? Right here. 
If you're, <laughs> if you're not, if you're not, if you're not watching, I am digging up underneath my rib cage on the opposite, on the side, opposite side of where, but if I can get that muscle loosened up, that's, I think it's the psoas muscle uh-huh. that runs down yeah. through there. It connects your upper and your lower half of your body. And if you can, if, if I can get that muscle loose, it'll make the pain in my left glute subside so interesting so a lot of times probably because that mu- that psoas is knotted up so it's making you your posture different that's exactly what's going on wow. yeah and yeah. you know who found that right holly of course yeah of course yeah so uh holly cope the uh, massage therapist yes yeah. she is uh fantastic she fa- she found that five minutes into me f- talking to her for the very first time yeah before she even put her hands on me. Yeah, she's she's, she's inc- pretty incredible. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, but sometimes you know, sometimes you run through some stuff too. I remember one time I ran through something. It was it was in my quad, mm-hmm. and I was like, it, it hurt, but it wasn't terribly. Anyway, I ran through it, and every time I would run, it would be like it hurt pretty bad to start with, but then it would ease off. Hmm. So I'm thinking, well, it's just uh, it's 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 got to be a minor thing, right? And I kept running on it, and I kept running on it. And I went to the doctor finally, um, and the doctor said, well, he didn't see anything wrong with it. So I kept running on it some more. And then I went back to the doctor because it wasn't subsiding. And he said, I just don't see – they took some x-rays, did some other things. We don't see anything wrong with it. Finally, after a couple of months, they finally did a bone scan and found that I had a stress fracture in my femur. Mm-hmm. They're really, really difficult to see. You can't mm-hmm. see them on an x-ray because there's so much meat sure. in front of your femur. And so um, even on my skinny legs. And so <laughs> um, so they, they found that. I wound up having to take three months off. And I tried to run through that. In hindsight, I wish I would have taken that three months off a little quicker. Mm-hmm. But it didn't kill me. That's always the challenge. Yeah. And you don't know. And sometimes, you know what? You're going to err on the wrong side. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. Sure. You know? I mean, that's the last time I've missed running, basically, is when that happened. Since then, I've been running almost every day since then. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So, you can can get through some stuff. You can get through some stuff for sure. Um, I, I tend, again, to default on that side of just keep running. Because most of the time, most of the time that works. Yeah. Most of the time, I can run through those things. Um, but here's what happens very often. So a lot of times, remember that time several years ago where we had a big snowstorm here. Mm-hmm. They didn't anticipate it. Um, they thought, well, there might be a few flurries, but it might not be a big deal. Well, it turned out to be a big snowstorm. We wound up with six or eight inches, which around here is a big, big deal. <laughs> Shuts the world down here. Yes, yeah. and it was a really wet, slippery snow. And it was terrible. And people get trying to get home from work. It was the traffic was awful. There were crashes all over the place. Kids didn't get home from school until like ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So how did the school system react? Because they got complaints from every parent in the world. They got all these complaints. You should have shut down quicker. So now what do they do? Shut down if it's even talked about. That's right. That's right. There's <laughs> yeah. not gonna be a school today because it might snow. Right. And that's that's an overreaction, sure. right? So you want to be careful not to do that yeah. as it relates to injuries and things like that. Well, all that brings us to today's story. Aaron Leopold has written a book, and this is an excerpt from her book. But what you need to know about her is that she went through years of being undiagnosed uh, and not knowing what was wrong with her. So that kind of puts things in perspective as we read this story called Waving the White Flag. The air is heavy 
as it often is in June in South Carolina, and I am determined to get outdoors to make another attempt at putting in some time on my running shoes. The trails are shaded by large trees along the 3.2 miles of winding asphalt. The creek has enough water to hear the trickle as it moves over the rocks and sand formations. Even though my allergies heighten being outdoors on the trails, I decide to suffer the physical consequences in exchange for the peace it gives my soul. Nothing I do seems to take away the constant symptoms I manage, so I figure I can't stop living, and I'll do what my mind says it enjoys. Nature is at the top of this list. Therefore, I choose to do what my spirit dictates instead of listening to my body. I have learned by now that if I listen to my body, I won't do much of anything, and I can't accept that for my life. Seeing with my heart is more real than seeing with my eyes. This day is no different. I struggle to regain a regular pattern and schedule of running, and it feels like it will never return the way it was before surgery. As I wrestle to maintain proper form, I begin talking to God. I hold the image of a man running aimlessly beating the air as described in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I sense this is what I look like to passers-by, a body flailing in all kinds of silly directions. My ego is bruised. My body aches. My feet grow numb. And frustration envelops my soul. I approach another runner on the trail, and I can't wait to get past him so the tears I hold back can finally flow. It's like a breached dam about to burst. As I pass the unfamiliar runner, my eyes blur as the tears fall. God, would you just work with me? I scream in my thoughts. Without a second's delay, I hear the still small voice of God respond. No, Aaron, you work with me. Stunned in my tracks, my running quickly halts as I realize the words I spoke. What did I say? I repeat it aloud several additional times. I question at this moment the belief system I hold based on the words that echo in my mind. I thought I trusted God to grow my faith. I thought I followed his lead and not my own. And I thought I learned the practice of letting go. Everything I know or I thought was a lie. But now I know the truth based on the power of my words. Ugly tears turn into full sobbing, and I don't care at that moment if another person passes by or not. Time stands still. My knees weaken. My posture relaxes, and I raise the white flag of surrender. This meeting happens unannounced to me. The Bible says he knows the end from the beginning, and so he knew all along that it would take place. I merely showed up to run, or so I thought. Marked moments are available for all of us who live in the awareness of God's presence. When we show up, things happen. It requires a prepared yes in our spirit. Finding My Second Wind is my newly released memoir from which the above was taken. You may also find yourself running on an unplanned road and need inspiration, encouragement, and hope. I believe you'll find that in this book. Running through difficult pain, finishing strong with warrior faith. Hmm. Thank That's, God for revelation, right? Yeah, for sure. God took her 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 thinking, or what she thought was was sound thinking, right? I mean, we all think that we're 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 thinking in the right direction, and just kind of turned it completely around on her. Yeah, you know, I, 
I mean, we've done this many times on here. I, I always compare our, our our walk with Christ to our relationship with our kids. Mm-hmm. And how many times growing up, it's it's happened recently in this house. Do you you you, you see your kids doing something, and it's just it's completely wrong, and you just kind of sit back and you you wait for them to come to you, and then sometimes they don't. And then until it runs completely off the tracks, and then you have to get involved, and you want to just grab them by the face and say, just ask me. But so many times they just run rough shot, doing it their way. And in in some cases, that's good. That's the best way to learn in many cases. But it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, you can learn by the school of hard knocks, or you can learn by the wisdom of others. I've, I've always said that. Mm-hmm. As I get into my older age, I choose more times than used to yeah. to learn from the wisdom of others. But when we're we're young and and dumb, and we think we know everything, and and we're teenagers, so many times it, it's. It's us doing that same thing, what she's talking about. We're trying to do things our way, and we, we're we kind of shaking our fist at God, saying, come on, God, get on board. Yeah, It's like it's like your child doing something and saying, Dad, this, this is the way it's supposed to be done. And you're saying, no, no it's not. Yeah. I've done this plenty of times before. I've been around the block a few times. Now, does God take that kind of posture? No. But... In his infinite wisdom, the answers are there. Yeah. The, the wisdom that we need is there, but so many times we choose to do it by um, the school of hard knocks. Yeah, and um, we just have to be open, and that's that's the hard part is being open. Yeah, for sure. Psalms twenty three one and two: The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me besides quiet waters he restores my soul she goes on to say this calming and beautiful image is what went through my mind as i ran on the trails seeing and hearing the serenity of nature while conflicting struggles gripped in my flesh you know i think i think there's two instances where you can't live in peace number one is outside of salvation Mm -hmm. um you just there may be moments of happiness, but there is no true peace there. Um, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But even inside of salvation, operating outside of God's will, operating in sin, there is no peace either. Uh, C.S. Lewis said, God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. It, there's no such thing. Um, John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave you, with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world, but I give to you. Let not your heart be trother, troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I, I just think we're, I, I'm seeing more and more in society that, um, you know, it's the old question that you hear a lot of people ask. Can you be a Christian and be fill in the blank? Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of those questions out there nowadays. There Some of them are hot button topics. Some of them are are not. I, I'll use the I'll use the the example an alcoholic. Can you be a Christian and be an alcoholic? Yes. 
Can you get the peace of God? Yes. What does that take? It takes confession of sin and repentance. What does repentance mean? It means turning away from God. The problem is a lot of people say, well, I just can't find God's peace. Well, the problem is you're going to God and asking for forgiveness for this lifestyle that you're in, but at the same time you're you're planning the next drink. Yeah. And I'm using this as an example. And to me this is where it falls into one of those lifestyle um, predicaments that yeah. society is pushing a lot of different lifestyles on us and saying, well, you can be a Christian and live this lifestyle. You're, you're right, but you'll never have peace. Yeah. You'll never have peace living in sin. Yeah. And like I said, C.S. Lewis said it best. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. Because along with um, asking forgiveness comes repentance. Wow. And repentance means turning away from that thing that you're doing, that lifestyle that you're living, and turning to God. And that will provide peace. But that's yeah. the only way. Yeah. Well said. Matthew twelve thirty four says, Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. She goes on to say, The words I spoke aloud didn't agree with how I believed I was surrendered to God's will and not my own. My heart revealed open wounds that still existed and needed forgiveness and healing. Isn't that interesting that we we very often go a direction. We, we think we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And then God just kind of bonks us over the head and says, no, you're not. No, you're not. And he does it a lot of times. A lot of times it's a pretty stark thing like it was here in this case. Sure. I mean, this was a very pointed moment for her. And a lot of times God will get our attention that way. Um, but the way he does it, uh, the, the way that we can turn from one thing completely to another direction is so incredible. Mm-hmm. Because it's not human, right? That's mm-hmm. not human at all to be able to do that. Um, I, it, it's just incredible to me. I know this this passage of scripture is where Jesus is telling, you know, he's telling the Pharisees, you know, he's, he's talking about the Pharisees. They're known by their fruit, you know, and he he's calling them a brood of vipers mm-hmm. because that's what their fruit is showing, right? Um, that's that's who they are. And all this time, the Pharisees think they're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're convinced they're. They're, they've read their Bible. Mm-hmm. They know more about the Bible than almost anybody that lived in that time. But they're completely off the rails. Sure. And so often that's where we are is we're, we're, we're off the rails. And it, again, this scripture says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Most of the time when we're off the rails, something's going to come. And I'm going to talk about something here in a minute. Um, that, that, that illustrates that. Well, Kind of on that same topic, but going back to the issue of peace. <clears throat> to me, peace is all about your relationship with Christ. And a lack of peace is all about your relationship with Christ. But too many times, and, and I'm as guilty as anybody, we associate a lack of peace with something that somebody has done to us. Yeah. It has no bearing. It's it's a completely separate thing. You could not be happy that somebody's done something to you. You could be mad that somebody's done something to you. But if if your peace is not there, that's on you. Yeah. 
That's on you and your relationship with Christ. You can be having the crummiest day ever. You could be going through the crummiest season of life. But you either have peace or you don't have peace because of what you're doing. And that's that may be stepping on toes, and that's stepping on my toes as I say it, because so many times we want to point the finger. This is because of what they did to me. Mm-hmm. Nope. A lack of peace is, is not because of that. Yeah, It's everything to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, now that you've stepped on some toes, let me stomp a little harder. Because <laughs> what happens very often is we, here's the way we do it. We look at things like that and we go, I'm worried about this thing. Yeah, And if I don't worry about it, that means I don't care about it. Right? right? And so we equate worry with caring. They're mm-hmm. not the same thing. Right. Worry is a sin. Stress and, is selfishness. That's right. And and so when you don't have the peace because you're so worried about something, again, just like you just said, that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's that you you just like And we're it, not throwing eggs here. Absolutely not because I do it. <laughs> yeah. I do it myself right. often. But just like Aaron here, she God got her attention and turned her around. If you're close to God, God will get your attention at some point and say I, I see that you're worried. I realize how difficult this is for you. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. I can handle this. Right. right? Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. She goes on to say, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that day the baggage I was still holding on to in my soul that needed to be dropped off in order for me to go deeper with God. It's like shedding extra physical weight or unnecessary gear. It was time to let go of my control and allow God to be fully in charge while I deepened my roots of trust. Hmm. That uh I don't know why this, this scripture made me think about the... The basketball hoops in the fair at the fair, you know, you go to the fair and you got the little basketball game and you got to shoot the basketball through the hoop and everybody's thinking, I've been a sucker for too many of those. Yeah. Like that, that basket is so close, right? And I can shoot basketball. I can do, I can hit free throws all day long and that's not even a free throw. Right. And then you get up there and you try to do it and you can't do it. Well, why is that? Well, it's because the hoop is way smaller. Yeah. You just don't realize how much smaller. Do you know? Because it's closer, so it looks the same. That's right. Yeah. Do you know that on a standard basketball hoop that you can fit two basketballs through there at one time? Did you know that? Somebody told me that one time, and I said, no way. That No way the hoop is so big you can put two balls through there at one time. That sounds unbelievable. You can do it. Now you have to kind of you have to kind of push them. It, it, the, it, you know because the balls are inflatable. It does, sure. but it's not. They don't slide right through there. We have a lot but, of people but, going to test that right now. Yes. I have a feeling. Yes, but I, I want to go outside you, and test it. Right now. <laughs> I promise you, you can do that. So that's how big a normal hoop is. Well, the hoops that you have at the fair are just like, enough for a basketball. Yeah, it's like a quarter of an inch bigger than a basketball is. So uh, it makes it hard, um, but they're just big enough. Well. Here's the thing that I thought about. Our our walk with Christ is very specific, mm-hmm. right? Our salvation is is that small basketball hoop. There's one way, mm-hmm. right? And it and we we have to you, you have to do it right. And it only takes that one time of doing it right and then then you're good, but you got to do it. And um you you can't 
You can't cheat. You can't go to another basketball goal. You can't go to a lower basket. You can't, there's one way, mm-hmm. period. And there's only one ball. <laughs> you know, basically it's, it's, that's it. Sure. And is it hard to do? No, it's not as hard as the, the basketball at the fair, but there is only one way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very specific. I am the way. Yeah. The truth and the life. No one, not most, not some, no one right. comes to the Father except through me. That's Jesus' words. And it's very, um, that is a very narrow gate. And it's not enough just to believe that either, right? The demons the Bible, believe. That's right. The Bible tells us the demons believe. Um, being a good person, you know, a lot of people, I, I, I'm, I'm a really good person. I'm, surely God wouldn't send me to hell. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, there's a very specific gate. Sure. And you can find that at runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. Um, if you're not sure about your salvation, please go check out those videos. Sure. Question. How do you run your life race with intention? Where do you go or what do you do in order to quiet your soul so that you can hear the whispers of God? You got to unplug the inputs. Ooh. That's hard. Now, inputs can mean a lot of different things. It can mean the news it can mean social media it can mean podcasts it can mean other people so many times we take inputs and that's what gets us many times to these um what is the word oh gosh i just went blank um we um it strikes me that the reason why we are where we are today is because years ago, when I was a kid, we had lots of, we had free time. Yeah. We didn't have, you didn't have people walking around with headphones on their head, right? Yeah. You had free time. If you drove somewhere when I was, when I was younger, when I was a kid, you, you had a few channels on the radio, but a lot of times that was commercials. You, you almost had to be at least quiet and have your to your mind. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, with the the things we have in our pockets, we can be constantly inundated with information and and all sorts of stimulus. And maybe that's why we've, as a society, we've gotten so far away from God. Well, and I think it's 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 not something we did on purpose. No, that's the thing no. is. If if you're having inputs, if all you're listening to is podcast and social media and the news, it doesn't matter which channel, which side of the aisle, what, you're going to be led astray. And if all you're listening to is those and you're not contrasting it with the Word of God, you're going to be led astray. And peace is going to go with it. Yeah. Your, your, your peace is a constant Peace is Jesus. Jesus doesn't move. Yeah, it's kind of like that beacon of light. If you want brighter light, you got to get closer to the light, right? Yeah. Well, what we do is we drift away and we drift away. We drift away and we say, "Where's the peace? I'm in turmoil. My I'm, my life is falling apart. I'm I'm a child of God. It shouldn't be this way." Yes, when you drift away, whether you meant to do it or not. You, 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 this has got to be your constant. I'm holding up. I'm holding up the Bible. Yeah, that is your constant. Jesus is the source of peace. There's so many. You know, you look at how many people in Hollywood. I, I think my mind goes to. I, I won't. I won't even say say names. 
How many people in Hollywood have, have taken their own life and you look at them and you think they were such a happy person? Yeah, it's they true. Were, it, happiness has nothing to do with peace. Yeah. It doesn't. You can you can be living a lifestyle where you have moments of happiness, but you can be in utter turmoil spiritually. And there's only one way to fix that. It's confess, it's repent, and it's to turn to Jesus. Yeah. That is the only way. Yeah. Whether you're whether you're saved or you're not saved, if you're if you're saved and you're living in sin and you feel like your life is in turmoil, there's a reason. And it's because you're living outside of what God wants you to do. Yeah. You need to turn to him, repent, and don't don't be already having that next thing planned. Yeah. Because that kind of negates your prayer. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 not talking theologically here. I'm just talking common sense to me. If if Dean I say, "Man, I I'm so sorry. I punched you in the face." And at the same time I'm saying that, I'm thinking about how I'm going to punch you in the face 10 minutes from now. <laughs> My words really have no meaning. A little hollow. They're very hollow. And God can see that. Mm-hmm. We forget so many times that God knows our thoughts. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll get off that soapbox. It, it's, it's a good one. It's a good peace one. Peace is found in Jesus. And she asked here, how do you run your, your life race with intention? That's that's the thing is you, you have to be intentional about seeking that peace. Sure. And, and through the ways that you talked about. You've, right. already, you've already talked about all that. But you do have to be intentional mm-hmm. about it. And you got to find a way to do it. We that. don't accidentally seek Jesus. No. One of the things that I noticed about the Bible in a year stuff, the people that are, that are, that are really focused on the Bible in a year, they almost all do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's great because they're starting their day off that way. And that's a good way to – that's the way I like to do it. I like to do mine in the morning because it just kind of sets the tone for the day. Now, is it great to do it at night too and be the last thing you're thinking about before you go to bed? Sure, that's great too. Mm -hmm. And it's good to do both. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but, But find a way to be intentional about it. Carve out some time. Another question. What baggage items in your life need dropping off? In order for you to continue down the narrow road, <laughs> let me tell you about this. Okay, I got a story I got to share. <laughs> so, you know my issue, right? My issue is my just, I get so angry and so, uh, you, you've seen me, you've commented on this podcast about it. So, last week, we're back to the lawnmower again, right? <laughs> I know I've talked about my lawnmower a few times. Lawnmower's been around a but while. He, yeah, here's another lawnmower problem, another lawnmower story. So, I get on my lawnmower to cut the grass, and keep in mind we got a bunch of company coming over the next day, and so I really want to, to get the grass cut. Right? I drop on my lawn, I turn the key, nothing. I mean, not even a click. Right? <laughs> so you understand small engines and how all that stuff works. So what do I think? I think, well, if it's not clicking, it sounds like the solenoid is bad, right? Mm-hmm. So I run down the lows, I get a solenoid, I come back, put the solenoid in, turn the key, nothing, no click know anything i think could the could it be that the battery went that dead that fast so i'd go down to lowe's i get myself a battery come back put the battery in turn the key nothing like and so at this point i'm like well about the only thing else it could be is the switch right so I get on Amazon. I order myself an ignition switch. In the meantime, I think, and, and 
in, in the interim, I have to push mow my grass. In, in the meantime, which is a 25-year-old lawnmower that starts on the first pull every single time. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, while, while I'm waiting for this new ignition switch to come in, I thought, you know, there's got to be a YouTube video that tells you how to test those switches, right? So I went and pulled up the YouTube video, got my multimeter out, tested the switch. Switch is fine. Nothing wrong with the switch. Now I'm like, now I'm really perplexed. I'm like, I feel like I've checked everything in the electrical system. I go out to my lawnmower. I'm looking at where the wires are going. I'm thinking, what else could it be? So finally, I pull up on YouTube. I say, okay, I'm just going to look in general. Troubleshooting a riding lawnmower, right? So I pull it up. And the first thing they say is, before you start doing this, make sure that you have disconnected the battery and your PTO is disengaged. You had the blades on. I had the blades on. <laughs> and so that was all that was wrong with it. I had to push a button and yeah. it fixed the problem. Now, I say all that. It's a funny story and it really was funny and I laughed at myself in the end. But in the past, I seriously would have been throwing things because I would have been so upset at it. Yeah. I didn't even get upset once. And Debbie even commented. She said, I am so proud of how you handled that, you know, and, and that's the way I know that God, God just keeps working on me. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's because I recognize when I do something impulsively Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't have done, I do it anyway. And then I regret it immediately following Mm -hmm. that. What is that? That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying Mm -hmm. you, you shouldn't be like that. Right. And, and over time, and and this is where, you know, count it all joy when you fall into these trials, that that's where God has has I've done that enough now, thousands of times. So God has put this lawnmower in your life for a reason, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, I was I, it, I'm getting better. At yeah. It, and God continues to work on me, and He will if you're intentional, as she talked about. Absolutely. Last question: What yes have you surrendered to the Lord, and are you continually moving in the direction of it? Well, again, obviously for me, that's what I was just talking about. I'm moving in in that right direction. You know, I think I think it, it's sometimes it's small things and sometimes it's big things. I, I think you know about this ministry. You know, we've got changes coming, and we have to be careful um, that we're not. We're not missing what God is calling us to do because this is the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. It may even be this is the way God's always had me do it. Mm -hmm. Too many times we get stuck in, I don't know what that's called, um, but we get stuck in this is the way it's always been. Yeah. Um, God doesn't change, but God will change his, his ways of accomplishing his goal. He he may have you doing this in this season of life, and he may have you doing this in this season of life. He may have run for God like this in this season of the ministry, and he may have it look like this in this season of the ministry. And we have to be careful not to hinder that. That's, yeah. Um, we, we have to... The, Let's be an open We have again. to say yes to God before we hear the request. Yeah. And so many times we're like, Okay, God, I know you're talking to me. Go ahead and finish your sentence before I tell you. We take that posture, and that's the wrong posture. We yeah. we have to say yes before God makes a request. Um, 
It's a good point. And you know what else we have to do is we have to, we have to stop justifying the things that we do, right? By mm-hmm. saying, well, what I'm doing is, is okay, or it's a, it's a good thing, or it's, is it black or is it white? And, and, and yeah, and be open. You know, I heard somebody tell a story yesterday about, um, Oreo cookies. So he, he, when he was a kid, this, this guy was telling the story. He loved Oreo cookies mm-hmm. and he would come home every day from school and his grandmother told him she kept a jar of Oreo cookies. She said, now you can have two Oreo cookies when you come home from school. And so he would come home from school. He couldn't wait to get those Oreo cookies and he would eat his Oreo cookies and he'd go outside and play for a little while. Then he'd come back in, get a couple more Oreo cookies and he'd go back out and he'd come back in. Get a couple more Oreo cookies, and but so he was only getting two. That's right. But his, <laughs> and his grandmother asked him. She said, she noticed that the jar was going down a lot faster than it should, and she said, "Are you just getting two cookies after school?" And he's like, "Yes, I'm just getting two cookies after school." <laughs> what is that called? That's called lying. That's called lying. Yeah, and that's the way we justify things, right? Yeah. We justify things all the time. Mm-hmm. And finally, what we have to do is we have to put things in place to make sure that we're we're listening to God mm-hmm. and we're open to His thing, and we're not making excuses and we're not justifying things. Mm-hmm. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab all right we're back you know a tragic thing happened this past weekend in the Ironman event I think it was in Germany did you hear about this this motorcycle and this cyclist crashed head-on they were oh, I didn't ri- hear about that. They were riding on a, a relatively narrow road, apparently. And so this cyclist was, was out kind of in the middle of the road. And this motorcyclist who was with, I guess, with the lead bikes or something, he was part of the race. Probably an out and back. And, and had a, a camera guy yeah. on, the, on the back of the motorcycle. And he, they, they had a head-on collision. The guy on the motorcycle died. Wow. The guy on the bike still in the hospital, last I heard, broke his bike completely in half. Um, the apparently the camera guy is okay, um, but but it's a tragic, tragic thing. You know, a guy died in the Chattanooga Half Ironman just a few weeks ago. I here, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, he was a well-known cyclist in in Chattanooga. Did it happen on the bike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on the bike. Yeah. Well, we say that to say be careful out there. You know, it's 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 relatively safe to run out there, but don't take unnecessary chances I, I used to run with a guy he used to drive me crazy because we would have a sidewalk to run on and he was convinced that running on asphalt was better for him so he would run on the asphalt except for anyway. those cars that are run you over <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because here's the thing around my house we don't have sidewalks around my house 
But the cars know there are cyclists and runners and stuff out on those sure. roads because they're out there all the time. So they're kind of looking for them to some degree. But if they're sidewalks, cars are not looking for there right. to be an object in the middle of the road where there are sidewalks right. because they assume that people are going to use the sidewalks. So be careful. Understand what the expectation of the drivers are and, and don't take crazy risks because, gosh, it can just be it could be it could be terrible. Um. Yeah, just just be be extra careful. Uh, make sure that, uh, that that you're you're aware that you're visible. You know that your clothing is something you can see. Mm-hmm. I find myself every once in a while I'm running in like a gray shirt, and mm-hmm. I realize you know cars could probably barely see me. Sure, and um, and that's you know you just got to be extra careful in that case and be ready to jump off the road. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of the way that I do it. Um, so yeah. Uh, just just be careful. Be careful out there. This was a reminder from this uh, Ironman race. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, have you ever been irritated at something and then delighted even though nothing about the situation changed? Hmm. Well, that happened to me just recently. This is called Blessings Disguised as Irritations. Part of my responsibilities at our church is to make sure some of the technical things are taken or are, are squared away. We broadcast live every Sunday morning on Facebook. We also coordinate presentation screens during the service in addition to running the soundboard and making sure the lighting is adequate. I just have to ensure the production goes off without a hitch. As hard as I have tried, I have not figured out how to get the microphones to change their own batteries, though. <laughs> Not long ago, a few minutes after our pastor began preaching, I heard a baby in the congregation pitching a fit. You've probably heard it yourself at one time or another. My initial reaction was that I had not included a crying baby in my plans for the service production. If I'm being completely truthful, I was a little irritated. Then I was overjoyed. You see, three years ago, we had no babies in our service at all. As a matter of fact, we had two teenagers and no children in most services. All of a sudden, the crying baby was music to my ears. Nowadays, our church has more young people on Wednesday night than adults. It's a great problem to have. It reminded me how lucky we are to be runners or walkers. Sure, some days are really tough. Some days it's incredibly difficult to get out the door. Sometimes my energy level just doesn't seem to be enough to get me through a six-mile run. But then I think about how lucky I am to be in the shape I'm in. I'm so fortunate to be able to even think about running those miles. It really is a matter of perspective. The next time you find it difficult to get out the door, think about how you would feel if you couldn't run or walk at all. The next time you're too tired, think about the people who suffer from debilitating diseases who wish they could even think about going for a walk. We really are fortunate. These days, it's, these days, it's tough to be a Christian. I've heard more people denigrate our faith in the last two years than I had for the first 55 years of my life. It can be discouraging for sure. But 2 Timothy 3.12 says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The Bible clearly tells us that we will be persecuted here on earth. But much more importantly, Paul explains in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12, but we may, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels 
that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Paul was persecuted far more than any of us ever will be. But it was through that persecution that Paul was able to show the strength of his relationship with Jesus Christ. When we suffer for the cause of Christ, it's a privilege. Maybe we should look at our exercise the same way. It is often when we get out the door, when it is the toughest, that makes us the fittest. Overcoming the urge to give in always feels great. Remember that the next time you find it difficult to get out the door. Just like my mind was changed in a flash when I put the crying baby in perspective, you can change the way you look at those tough days. Think about how fortunate you are instead of how hard it is. And the next time you hear someone question your faith, take a deep breath. Realize that Paul showed us how to handle it gracefully and count it as a privilege because it is. It's a good word, Dean. We really are fortunate Mm -hmm. to get to do what we do. I mean, us doing what we're doing right now, this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's just ridiculous that we get to do this. Sure. And, um, but at other times, we're busy, right? Yeah. You just prayed before this, before we got started. All, we, we always say a prayer, and you said, Lord, help us to not let that busyness get in our way. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard sometimes. Busy is good. I love busy. Yeah. But so many times we use that as an excuse to get in the flesh. Yeah. Um, you can be busy and focused on God. Um, and there's a lot of ways to look at this. I, I, I noticed myself the other day. You know how you're, you're, maybe you're trying to do some research on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're clicking through some things. And every time you pull up a web page, you get these pop-ups. <laughs> Subscribe to our newsletter or whatever, right? Yeah. And you get frustrated with those. But think about this. If it weren't for those pop-ups, that information wouldn't be there and wouldn't be free. Because it's Encyclopedia Britannica would have to be going to those again. That's right. And we don't want to do that. So you gotta realize that you, you gotta take the bad with the good and 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 appreciate it. My boys were fascinated here a while back. We were I forget where we were, and there was the whole what was it, world book encyclopedias? Yeah. Up on a shelf, and I was pointing to them and I said that was Google. That was Internet. Yep. That was the Internet back before the Internet. And they were just amazed that – and they were like, well, how, what about, you know, things change? And I'm like, yeah, they had the, the yearly updates, I think is how it worked. You had yeah. the encyclopedia set yep. that they only changed every so many years. But then every year you had a like a concordance or an update. Yeah. yeah. And uh, – that's a true. Yeah, story. it's amazing how much how all of that plus a million times yeah is in the palm of your hand now. That's true. It's pretty amazing. It really is. I feel like I'm starting to see some people I talked about in this the the persecution and and we really have seen the rise of some groups of people who are very anti Christian. I'm not going to bring any up, but there there are definitely some sure. some out there for sure. But I feel like we're starting to see some pushback. 
we are. on some of that stuff, and, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be in somebody's face to stand firm. Mm-hmm. I thought about the uh, I've been I've been finishing up. I'm trying to make sure I watch every Duck Dynasty episode. And so typically during really? lunch, I, I watch an episode of Duck Dynasty. Yeah. And so I've been, I'm on almost at the end of season nine right now. I think there were 11 seasons. And so, uh, so I'm getting closer to the end of it. But those guys, the, their, their attitude is so great. It is. Because they're not, they're not in your face about anything, Mm-mm. but they will, I mean, they'll be very pointed and ask somebody, you know, how's, how's, how's your faith? You know, how, what, what's your relationship with, with God like? You know, and, and, but they do it in a way that you feel like they, they just care. They just really want to know. They're genuine. They're genuine. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of every show, they have a prayer. Mm-hmm. And you know, the people at, was it A&E that mm-hmm. I think that show was on originally? You know, those people didn't want. To let them do that. No, and I don't know if you if you remember the episode. It's the it's the one where they built the football field. Have you seen that one? They built the football field and they have a family yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Well, during that one, it Willie says something that, and they bleep it. Did you know he didn't actually cuss? He came out and said, "I didn't cuss," but the network put it in there for theatrics. Really, and he got so. I think that was kind of maybe part of the beginning of the end. Wow, was they were trying to force things in there to make it more worldly. When, as far as all I can tell, they're as far from it as you can get. I mean, yeah, I think you listen to the Unashamed podcast some too. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's our society. It's it's living that life, and I'm not meaning the hunting, fishing. Living a life for Christ is so offensive. It's yeah. getting more and more offensive yeah. to our society, but that is biblical. You, you just you just stated it. What, what mm-hmm. Paul says it's it's biblical. So take be encouraged by that, and that is so. It's easy to to it's easy to grasp that idea, but it's hard when you're in it. Yeah, it is. But we we we've got to trust what the word says that that will come, and we should take joy in that. And it's why it's so important that we spend that time learning more, mm-hmm. drawing closer to Him. Because in that moment when somebody does challenge us, we don't need to be we don't need to shoot back ugly words. Mm-hmm. We need to do it like the Duck Dynasty guys do. You know, when somebody challenges them, they're a lot of times they're funny about yeah. it, but you know they're they're not. They don't shoot back in anger. Yeah. Um, well, I had a situation, and I won't get into the details of it, but just here recently, where some of my friends, um, we were we were debating an idea on on whether to do something or not, and everybody everybody in the room was all in for doing it, and it was kind of what you said earlier. It's kind of we justify, we yeah. justify, and. And I just said, you know, I'm just not, I'm not going to take part in that. That was an uncomfortable thing to do. And they all looked at me like I had three heads because it wasn't, it wasn't something terrible. Right. But it was, I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit just really pounding me in that instance. But my hope is that while I may not get invited to that next thing, 
which is you know on a very very small that's that's how we're persecuted in America most times is right. we're kind of shunned yeah but through that my hope and prayer is that they saw they saw Christ absolutely I, I hope and I um, bet they did I bet they yeah, did but we have to but when, then when that next thing comes around and you don't get invited or you're not asked to be take part we we have to remember what we were thinking in the moment yeah because god will use those times even though we may get left out next time god is always using though and those are the hardest pla- those are the those are the times where it's easy to justify god everybody's doing it here yeah. well we're not everybody we're set apart that's right yeah yeah, and that's where the back to the Duck Dynasty guys. They would have been real clear. They they don't do things that are illegal. Right? Sure, they're hunting and fishing. How many hunters and fishers follow everything by the by the letter of the law? <laughs> probably not that many, right? There's probably a lot of guys doing stuff. That How do you know a fisherman is lying? They're moving their mouth. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but you know those guys. You you, you, feel, you just get the feeling they don't cheat on anything, right? right? Uh, it's because of the way they live their lives every day and the way that they talk, the way that they what they do and how they do it. And, sure. Um, yeah, it's it, it's pretty cool, and that's the way we should be. We should stand firm with where we are and we have to realize too that not only that but you that next time that you don't get invited to whatever that thing is satan's going to use that to poke at you and go see see yeah you you did the wrong thing yeah but you didn't mm-hmm. you know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the radioactive station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. I share a reason why running or walking is so awesome. And this one is specific to walking this week. And I read this and I thought this was good. It counter affects the weight promoting genes. Now we knew that it was good for us from a weight standpoint, but, but listen to what this says. Harvard researchers looked at 32 obesity promoting genes in over 12,000 people to determine how much these genes actually contribute to body weight. They then discovered that among the study participants who walked briskly for about an hour a day, the effects of those genes were cut in half. So for all those people who say, it's in my genes, right. yes, they, they, it, it is in your genes, and that's what they're saying. They're, they're saying that we have obesity genes. We have genes that make us obese. But that the effects of those genes can be cut in half sure. by running and walking. Never awesome. knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. that. Well, we had a new world record in the women's 1,500 meters this past weekend. Faith Kipyegon, who's Kenyan, um, you know, she's undisputed best 
female 1500 meter runner of all time now she ran under three minutes and 50 seconds for the first time ever which makes me wonder is she going to be a, a trivia question in the future you know john walker was the first guy to run the mile in under 350 and we still remember that today even though it was done back in the 50, in the 70s um, i think we'll remember faith for for this but what was cool about this and one of the reasons that i bring it up is not just because she, Faith is a, a great lady, and she, she did a good thing. But watching the others in the race, there were a lot of really good runners in that race. And after she got through, she was so happy mm-hmm. doing what she had done. She's won two gold medals. She's won two world championships. She's done everything except set the world record. And she's got the world record now. And all of those competitors, one by one, they came over to her and congratulated her and were genuinely happy that she had broke that record. Hmm. And uh, it's really good to see some because you know when the other competitors love the fact that somebody did so well, that's a genuinely says good a lot person. About that person. Yeah, yeah, genuinely good person. And I and I think we've talked about it before, but in Kenya, Kenya is has a higher percentage of Christians than any other country in the world. So hmm. that's why they have names like Faith. And here's another cool story. So there was a guy his name's Tyrone Gorzy. He's a high schooler, um, and the 10K record – now, I understand they don't run the 10K a lot, but the 10K record for the for high school is 2832. It was set by Rudy Chapa way back in the 70s. I think it was 1976 he set that record. As a matter of fact, the top three fastest times ever for the 10K for high school were set in 1976 uh, when Rudy Chapa set the, the, the high school American record. Well – Here's what's cool about it. Rudy Chapa heard that this guy was going to try to break his record. And so Rudy Chapa got out his old singlet from his <laughs> high school singlet from where he set that record and let him wear that singlet for this attempt. Really? Isn't that cool? Wow. And he, he accepted and he wore the singlet. And it was really cool. And then the race, the race itself was crazy. So this kid gets out there and he's, he's on pace for the first 5k. I mean, he ran the first 5k. He had to run the, he had to run what, 14, 15, uh, pace and he hit 14, 15 exactly at 5k. So he's dead on pace. And then all of a sudden he starts coughing. Just, he has this coughing fit. And for about 300 meters, this kid just, he can't stop coughing. And you're like, Oh, this is, I mean, it's just ruined it, right? And then after about 300 meters, it just goes it goes back away. He gets back on pace. Now he missed it. He wound he wound up running 29 flat, but and he ran like 82 seconds for that one lap when he was clicking off these 70 second laps for for a bunch of laps. But it was just it was so fascinating to watch that because what do most people do if something like that happens? They step off the track yeah, and they quit. Well in, yeah. And this kid didn't quit. He sure. still ran a 29-flat 10K, which is now the third fastest 10K in high school history. Um, he was faster than Galen Rupp ran a 10K. Wow. And that was with this coughing fit in the middle. So, anyway, um, it was pretty cool. Another cool thing about this race was the guy that won the race, Athanas Kiyoko. He's the guy that ran right, uh, right, almost in, um, not too far from the front of your house um, in that Varnell 10 miler yeah. this past year. He's the one that set that new course record. Oh, really? Yes. And it, that's how good he is. Wow. Is he's winning 10 Ks on the track with professional it's competition. Best, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and then I have to talk about Addie Wiley. I've talked about her before. Addie Wiley runs for an NAIA school, a small school, and she's um, she's been very fast. She did this incredible thing indoors where she won four or four different events indoors. Um, and for a distance runner, that's just incredible. But this past week, she ran a 4.03 for the 1500 in Nashville, which is the second fastest 1500 meters ever run by anybody in college. Wow. And uh, that, that women, um, yeah. that's incredible uh, for her to run. And she's a freshman. So uh, Addie Wiley has got a huge, huge future um, coming. I mean, she's the high, she is the high school record holder in the mile. She ran 426 for the mile last year when she was a senior in high school. But this is another another level. Is this the girl that. you mentioned came down to Barry? Who was the girl that? You meant she she just won almost every event she was in. That was the one that she was the one that, that won a bunch of events, but that was in South Dakota when we went up to South Dakota. Oh, okay, yeah. The other yeah, girls yeah, were yeah, in yeah, Barry yeah, then. Yeah, that's why right, you're associating right, yeah. Barry, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. gotcha. But yep, that's that's the same girl. Yeah. Just incredible. And pretty cool. So keep a, remember that name, right? It's it's well, both Tyrone Gorsey and Addie Wiley, I think you're going to hear in the future. So the the future of distance running in the United States is really good. We just had um, three guys from the United States break 13 minutes in a 5K, too, um, which is – I don't know that it's ever been done before. And uh, so that's pretty cool. We're getting better at the distance events, and I'm loving it. How about a trivia question for next week? I love this one. This is uh, – uh, you got to do a little research on this one because I would say most people don't know the answer to this one. I would not have known it had I not found it. During the time of the Incan Empire, there were young men known as Chaskis. What was their purpose? Chaskis. That is spelled C-H-A-S-Q-U-I-S. Chaskis. What were they and what was their purpose? I feel like we're, we do Jeopardy right yeah. here at the end. That's, I know. It's cool, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you know the answer to that, you can send your answer to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer, you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. Cash. Cash is good. Mm-hmm. Cash is good. And I'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. I don't know who said it, It's, but it's. I love this. I've never heard it before. The quote is this. You only live once? False. You hmm. only die once. You live Every day, I've never heard that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I don't know why I've never heard. Where that did you before. see that? I, I don't even remember where I found it. But gosh, I love that because yeah, that cause is so you, true. You only live once. You hear that all the time. Yeah, it's true. Every <laughs> every day is a gift, and if we treated every day like a gift, how much different would life be? Yeah, my goodness, it would be awesome. So before we cut out of here, let's uh, let's. Let's talk about the podcast for just a second. Okay. We, you know, we've got a new platform now. You're getting to see all the behind the scenes, the, the analytics and all that, all that stuff. It's growing. And that's a testament to the people on here. So if you're listening, you like what you hear, continue to – I believe that it's growing organically to see the kind of numbers we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Share it. Give us a review. That helps with the analytics and the, all the stuff that I don't understand share it tell people about it forward it on to people uh, give us a five star review all those things help it is helping so keep doing what you're doing and thank you for doing that and if you're new 
If you like what you hear, do the same. Absolutely. We so appreciate you. Keep it up. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.